It is an issue that we have struggled with going back to the days of Jack Kevorkian. How do we assist terminally ill patients with their end-of-life care so that they don't suffer? And is physician-assisted suicide or physician-assisted death an acceptable form of relieving their suffering? We talk about this because in the waning days of this legislative year, a new package of bills has been proposed up in Lansing, which would do just that. And one of those offers, uh, authors, rather, Senator uh, Kevin Hertel, Democrat of St. Clair Shore, is joining us live this morning uh, from the 12th District to talk about uh, this initiative. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, Guy. It's great to be with you. Good to be with you. I've got to tell you, I've reported extensively on this for 30 years, even traveled to the Netherlands to see how they did it. Um, Obviously, Kevorkian attended these suicides to make sure that they didn't go badly Uh, in the Netherlands. uh, That's what they do there as well. What would be the level of physician involvement under your bills? Yeah, so this is very different uh, than what uh, you know, occurred back in the 90s when I think the last time the state had uh, this conversation as a whole. Uh, and, and since then, we've seen 10 other states and the District of Columbia adopt policies that allow for this. But what we're talking about here is allowing a patient to obtain a, a prescription from their doctor. Uh, and there is a process with significant safeguards that goes along with that. Uh, they have to, the patient has to request this medication uh, by themselves twice have to be of sound mind, uh, and they have to administer the prescription uh, by themselves as well at the time when they take it. Uh, somebody has to be diagnosed as terminally ill within uh, to die within six months. Uh, and so what we've seen in other states uh, that have, have had this policy, and some for many decades now, uh, you know, over three-quarters of the individuals that do utilize this prescription are cancer patients. Uh, people that are struggling with, you know, very difficult times, and this is a decision that they make with their doctor of how they would like to peacefully uh, end their life for the time of their choosing. Are we, you know, is there an implication that has that this has for those um, for their mental health, the mental health of terminally ill patients, and you know, people reaching the end of their life, and 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 you know, feeling vulnerable and and the, the the mental health part of this is there a, a a mechanism in this bill for mental health yeah and i think that's a very important question uh, because it is a very difficult time that somebody is struggling with and so uh, the legislation requires that the individual has to be of sound mind when they request the prescription and uh, they have to uh, request it verbally to their doctor but who will determine that, that senator who will determine whether they're of sound mind Absolutely, and I think the physician plays an important role in this, but I want to be clear. They have to uh, request it verbally from their doctor, and then after a 15-day waiting period, uh, request it in a written form by, uh, by writing and signing a statement. Uh, and so, uh, you know, obviously doctors and their patients have to have a relationship where the doctor can assess uh, that state of mind, um, and, and I think they will, and we've seen that in other states. It's obviously a very difficult situation that an individual is in when they're diagnosed to be terminally ill within six months. And so these are decisions that I believe should be made with an individual's doctor, with their family. Uh, And I'm not saying this is easy. This is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But it allows for that option uh, that we've seen play out in other states. And I think we, you know, given 
the over two decades of policy we've seen in the 10 other states that have passed this policy, we have not seen or witnessed any, um, any abuse uh, of this prescription medication. Senator, my question is why now? It sort of came out of nowhere for me when I heard this, but I'm not, of course, in the legislature. So I'm just wondering why now for those who may not know. I've actually introduced these bills in the past while I served in the state house. Uh, so these, this has been a conversation that has occurred uh, at the state level. While it never did receive a committee hearing uh, or a vote, uh, we have talked about this, and I've worked with some of my colleagues on it. Um, why now for me is that I've had constituents that have reached out to me that uh, think this is very important policy, wish that they might have had access to this for some of their, their loved ones uh, when they were going through a very challenging time. Uh, in fact, one of the first persons that ever reached out to me when I introduced in the House was Paul W. Smith uh, from this great radio, uh, radio program, and uh, and he had me on the next day, and we discussed it, and he was supportive of the legislation. And so, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, from this spans all different political views. People have uh, seen these tragedies occur in their own family, and, and, and I think one of the, the interesting points that we've seen from other states is that one-third of the individuals who actually get the medication never even use it. And so we have a process in this legislation for how you are required to return that um, after your family member dies. But I think it just shows that some people, they just want access to this to know that if it were to get that bad and that painful, uh, that they have this option. Uh, and that's really what it is. It's an option. It doesn't require anybody to do anything. Well, to, to, to Jamie's point, I mean, I remember 30 years ago, I think there was pretty widespread consensus that we were having the discussion because of a failure of the medical community, that they weren't doing a very good job with palliative care, with pain management. There were people that would actually tell a terminally ill, suffering individual, well, we're worried about you getting addicted. It was ridiculous. But they're doing a much better job now. You don't hear those anecdotal stories anymore so i am curious about i mean might not the the solution be get a second opinion find another doctor because they've been doing this pretty well the last 30 years well and the legislation does require that you are term, you were diagnosed terminally ill by two doctors so a second opinion occurs in the process uh and i do understand medic you know medicine has changed in the last few decades it has changed in this area as well uh, with how this drug is administered for this process. Right, so, pain management uh, and how doctors approach it has improved dramatically. And that's a decision that an in- individual can make with their uh, individual doctor, looking at all the options, knowing what's available, uh, I think is important. And, and as I said, these are difficult situations that, you know, we've seen these options available in other states. Uh, I've had constituents that have let me know that this is something they want to look at it. And I want to be clear, this, you know, introducing mm-hmm. this legislation allows us to have this conversation at the state level. So to have committee hearings and hear from both sides um, and, and really decide if this is something that, you know, should Michigan join the other 10 states uh, that, that have this policy on the books today? Uh, you know, I, we want to let that process play out. Senator, should this go to a referendum before we do it? Well, I, I never, you know, would discourage anything from going to a referendum. I think there's a process that allows for the citizens' voices to be heard. Yeah. Uh, but it can also be heard through their legislators uh, in Lansing. And so I think we can have committee hearings and bring those voices forward and, and, and see how that process works as well. We certainly appreciate your time and your thoughtfulness, the checks and balances that you've tried to build into this bill, uh, Senator Hertel. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, 
I uh, really appreciate the time this morning. Yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to a, a good debate about this once uh, the legislature gets back in January. Take care. We thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow at 6.